Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Today's date is October 18th, 2022. Today's Unleashing the Kraken. We have 33 articles to report on. Yes, 33. I will aim to have this done in about under one hour. Uh, we are starting today with four miscellaneous reports uh, referring to esoteric and UFOs. Then we are going to head to Canada to get an update on their political climate. Then for the rest of the program, it's primarily about perverted celebrities, corrupt geopolitical systems, and the continual shift of world orders, specifically focusing on Israel, China, and Ukraine. And lastly, we are closing with Kanye West, so be sure to watch to the end to get that part of the report. And without further ado, let's get started. So here we have sharing my screen. Okay. So the first thing we're looking at today is 15,000 Ukrainians decide to have a mass orgy if Russia deploys nuclear weapons. More than 15,000 have confirmed participation in a sex party on a hill if Putin decides to press the red button. With participants even indicating whether they prefer anal or oral sex. This article posted by Walla, exclamation mark in the OMG category of Jerusalem Post. Well, that's not a bad idea. I like that the way that they're going to be celebrating. However, I, I've, I've said this before and I'll say it again. I think that the nuclear threat narrative is just a fear tactic and really don't try not to pay any attention to it. Of course, we are reporting on it, but Overall, it's to perpetuate the uh, industrial military complex that exists all over the world and just trying to keep us in a state of fear. But hey, that's a pretty funny solution. Next up, we have growing space. Israelis experiment will try to grow plants on the moon in 2025. A team of researchers from the Ben Yurian University of the Negev has been selected to be performed in Space IL's Bereshit 2 spacecraft expedition. So this there's an experiment to grow plants on the moon. Okay, uh, they are expecting to launch it in 2025. This mission is a planned private space mission intended to land two spacecraft on the moon in three years. It was simultaneously announced that the moon would indeed be the target of Bereshit 2 and that Space IL plans to send another lander to Mars. Okay, well, sure, that's interesting. Um, we're definitely going to be seeing a lot more of these ideas about just pretty much doing things in space because there is this ongoing narrative that we've got to leave the planet and populate other, plan uh, populate, um, other terrestrial objects in our solar system. Uh, let's just read the quote at the end of this uh, article here. Plant research on the moon is critical to our food security on Earth and in space. Space is an extraordinary testing ground for examining how to grow plants in, in the most extreme environments. As a result of the extreme climate changes the Earth is facing, challenges arise in managing food security in the future. Project Aleph creates an opportunity for everyone to explore how to create a safe and supportive environment for plants to flourish. Aleph. That sounds familiar. I'm going to remember that. And if you know what that word means, please comment below because I would love to, without looking it up, let's see if later today I can come back and somebody gives me the definition of what Aleph means. Just seems familiar. Something to do with Kabbalah, maybe. Uh, next article. What do UFOs and Thunderbirds have in common? This is from CBC News. Uh, this is from September. So this is a bit 
a little outdated by now, but still very relevant for this channel and our audience. So the Anishinaabe artist, who is also an X-Files fan, will show his new AR network at Nuit Blanche in Toronto. So here is a picture. If you're watching, uh, you can see this rendering of a Thunderbird projection. And so he is a Winnipeg-based artist, Scott Benny Shani Nabandan has always been interested in mysterious objects in the sky. Uh, to me, this is very cool. Uh, he says, quote, Thunderbirds are not UFOs, end quote. He uh, explores the links between the two, though, at, as things that exist between the known and the unknown in their respective culture. His augmented reality piece will project both a hovering UFO and a Thunderbird. So this is consistent with the with one of the articles that I reported on last Kraken, uh, where it was the uh, astronomer, the indigenous astronomer that is saying that we need to give indigenous teachings more respect in the in the study of astronomy and uh, what is space. I really like that. I really would love to focus on the indigenous perspective of aliens, UFOs and all that, because the creation stories of indigenous people is, is very telling and, and very exciting. Um, but so just for people that are wondering, in this article, it says, what is a Thunderbird? Thunderbird uh, Thunderbirds are one of the main ontological beings in the Anishinaabe framework, along with being one of the most powerful beings in the world. And how do they relate to UFOs? He, the, the artist really wanted to do some work around these two things and know that the situates within my own sort of ontological framework as an Anishinaabe artist. He came up with the idea. There's some reference to X-Files and Western ontology. These things like Thunderbirds are like UFOs, but they are dismissed or put off to the margins of what is accepted as reality. So very interesting. Um, yeah, again, indigenous people and their perspectives on extraterrestrials, uh, interdimensional beings. Uh, like there's, there's an example of the seven sacred teachings of some First Nations cultures and one of the the animals representing a certain teaching is truth and that animal is represented by or that that teaching is represented by bigfoot and it's like well that's kind of funny that truth would be represented by a a, a crypto zoological creature that's supposed to not really exist which makes me think that they do exist on to the next one here we have drake's owl logo to grace front of barcelona jersey in the classico versus real madrid Okay, they don't really show it uh, very vividly here, but if you can see, there is an owl right on the logo. And for anybody that's obviously been paying attention to the program and the the, the stuff that we're uh, producing, well, the owl is very significant. And even uh, some of the Patreon members have been bringing up the them seeing the owls in their dreams or in real life. So the owl symbology is very important. And feel free to comment below about if you've seen any owls, if this resonates with you. Um, but uh, keep in mind the episode uh, Owl of Minerva. That was an episode that I believe uh, Dave put out a couple of weeks ago. Okay, now, okay, so that was just the beginning. That was kind of like to just get us a little lucid here, but we're going to pick up some steam and get right into it because this is actually a very a fun lineup of episodes to do. Hopefully I was close enough to the mic there. Okay, so to Russia Today News. Secret UK plan for Falcon's war revealed. The Royal Air Force had drafted a proposal for bombing airfields in Argentina. Archive documents show. 
The United Kingdom considered bombing targets in Argentina during the war for the Falkland Islands in 1982. Documents in the British National Archive have shown. So we're not going to read about uh, the information, the narrative that they're putting here, but I'm, I'm including this article because of the idea of what really happened in the Falklands War. Um, the idea that they basically encountered black goo and... I recommend you look into this because that's a very fascinating idea. The concept that these governments actually had, they found black goo on the Falkland Islands. And that was more so about their secret war. Maybe they were actually bombing it, but maybe they were actually bombing some organism that they perceived as a threat. So yeah, that's, this is an interesting one. Um, yeah, onto the next one. Okay, we're this is a kind of we're swinging into the Canadian stuff here. We've got about six uh, overall Canadian stories. So maybe if you don't want to hear about what Canada's doing, skip about uh, ten minutes and tune back in because uh, then we're going to continue up with all the corruption, corruption and celebrity perversion from all around the world. So here we have from CBC, which is the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, the Canadian propaganda arm. Um, Calls for precautions against COVID-19 and the flu pick up steam. Groups in the Belleville area say winter will likely be challenging. Right. Well, it's 2022, and this all started in 2019. Uh, a lot of people have taken the jab. A lot of people have taken boosters. And we still have the threat and concern of experiencing a challenging winter because of this uh virus and interesting that they're mixing the two terms together now because remember in 2020 there was no flu it disappeared but i guess it's come back but now it's being mixed does it have to do with the testing anyway i can't say too much because we are on youtube here but on to the next one trudeau urges canadians to get their covid flu shots to avoid health measures Okay, this is from October 17th. This is from October 14th. Notice how CBC puts these two together. You've got the flu shot and the CV shot. So the Canadian Prime Minister is still recommending people to take their shots. Uh, they say that about half of Canadians have received a primary series of a CVV and one booster. 3,000 comments. People are engaged. I wonder what they say. Um, and this article explains that the uh, jabs have stalled and they expect a high flu circulation. Well, what happened to the flu in 2020? Why is it back? Honestly, why is it back? I've, I have on my own channel, Dose of Reality, um, which I can share. Uh, yeah. And my own channel, I've done a report explaining how the flu disappeared using mainstream news articles. And it's like, what happened? Okay, but on to the next one. Mendicino is concerned the RCMP withheld badge numbers of officers who cleared the protest. So this is about the ongoing commission in Canada that is focusing on whether or not the Canadian government was justified in using the emergency measures, uh, implementing the Emergency Measures Act. Um, and the public safety minister, Marco Mendicino, says he's concerned the RCMP chose not to release the badge numbers of officers who cleared the Freedom Convoy 
protesters from the Ambassador Bridge last winter. The force was asked for a list of officer names and badge numbers through an access to information request, which the RCMP denied on the basis that the release could put officer safety at risk. And that's a bit disturbing that they said, no, they're not going to release uh, the names of who they are. And one of the ideas that I've heard based on the research I've looked into is that the police, the authority on the ground, were actually not authentic RCMP officers. They were foreign police officers because a lot of the RCMP and even the Ontario police did not support that what they were told to do. So I'm curious about that, if this is a, a big cover-up on who was actually on the ground that were abusing people, abusing the protesters to clear it up. Well, stay tuned. Um, I'm currently uh, watching the commission right now, and it's very interesting to see the mayor of Ottawa get absolutely grilled. And the Prime Minister Trudeau uh, should be testifying soon, uh, either today or in the coming days. Speaking of which, libel, uh, liberal, so sorry, let me restart. Liberal cybersecurity bill is a bad law that must be amended, research report warns. A new research report says federal cybersecurity legislation is so flawed it would allow authoritarian governments around the world to justify their own repressive laws. This report by Christopher Parsons of the University of Toronto's Citizen Lab makes 29 recommendations to bolster transparency and accountability of the proposed measures in introduced in June by the Liberal government. So yeah, basically, they uh, there's a lot of bills that the Canadian government wants to pass, and they want to essentially restrict uh, internet so that you can only put out what they want you to put out. And this would greatly affect people like myself and Dave, who are trying to put out content um, that maybe the Canadian government doesn't agree with, and they would be able to censor it. So this is a separate bill, but this is uh, ten. This is tangential to other bills that they're trying to pass related to online censorship and freedom of speech. Next up, we have the Ottawa, uh, Ottawa signs agreement to find Indigenous policing solutions after mass stabbing. Federal Public Safety Minister Marco Mendicino says he had a heavy and difficult visit with families of those killed in a mass stabbing in Saskatchewan before he signed an agreement to explore new ways to improve safety on some First Nations in the province. So this is this is a, an awful situation. There was a mass stabbing in the province of Saskatchewan in Canada. And whether, you know, let's assume that people actually died, it was a real thing. Uh, one thing to monitor is, yes, the grievances of the families and heavy hearts with the victims. But another thing to monitor is uh, what policies are going to be put in place to respond to this. Because situations like this, of course, you never let a crisis go to waste. So uh, in Canada, one of the solutions that I like to the discrepancies uh, between policing and Indigenous people is to actually get Indigenous people to police themselves. Uh, I actually personally like that. I think that's a good idea. But we just have to be mindful that when, you know, like how they would be handling it. And there is... There are agendas to use marginalized communities when it seems like it's a good thing, but it's actually being orchestrated by central banks and globalist agendas, such as social impact bonds. So just stay tuned because 
this very well may be aligned with that sort of um, agenda. Next up, the last one in the, in the Canadian docket, Alberta Health Services board member resigns in response to Premier's plan to replace directors. The former Alberta Health Service board member says directors had little influence on pandemic management. Um, so yeah, this is interesting because we have a new premier in Alberta who right off the bat says that the unjabbed are the most discriminated against group that she's ever experienced, seen in her life. Of course, it received backlash and she had to uh, kind of revise her comment saying, oh, well, you know, I didn't mean it so extremely, but was just being realistic about the mandates and the restrictions and the restrictions of uh, movements and not being able to go to restaurants and losing your jobs and all that. So hard to hard to disagree with what she's saying, but it's just like a caveat. It's like, okay, yeah, we get it that you're saying that, but just be mindful of other people like, you know, the Indigenous people of Canada who continue to be discriminated against. However, I like her attitude about all of this. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see the, the health boards in Canada because they have been like Alberta was one of the provinces that really uh, struggled with following the federal regulations while still the provincially still complying with what the health industry was saying. And as we know, the health industry was following along with the agenda, uh, whether it was with malicious intent or not, or with uh, corrupt financing. You know, a lot of these people are genuinely trying to keep people healthy and good. That's what they're actually trying to do but they don't realize that they're actually part of a problem that's deliberately oppressing and causing harm. So even as we see here, uh, it's a history of instability. Uh, Alberta Health Services searching for seventh CEO in eight years. So uh, also just a little caveat, we know that the hospitals continuously are uh, facing over, they're being overwhelmed. And they're trying to blame these new upticks and cases and all that. But like it, the, the healthcare system in Canada has been horrible for quite some time. And it's like they're they're always just looking for scapegoats instead of addressing the actual root issues of things. I'm not saying I have the solutions here. I'm just commenting on what is being reported. Next up, now we're getting into the world stuff. Now we're going to get really into the corruption part. So uh, 20 minutes into the segment or so, okay. Maybe I'll do a little timestamp. Uh, powerful explosions behind the Nord Stream pipeline leaks, says the Danish police. Ooh, here we go. A preliminary investigation of damages to the two Nord Stream gas pipelines in the Danish part of the Baltic Sea shows that the leaks were caused by powerful explosions, Copenhagen police said on Tuesday. Swedish and Danish authorities are investigating four holes in the Nord Stream 1 and 2 pipelines, which link Russia and Germany via the Baltic Sea and have become a flashpoint in the Ukraine crisis. World leaders have called the damages an act of sabotage. Of course, U.S. is blaming Russia. Russia and most of the rest of the world that's paying attention is blaming the U.S. Uh, Poland is also blaming Russia. It's, it's, uh, it's controversial and all that, but we even had Jeffrey Sox, who was the... Uh, uh, economic policy expert that has very high credentials in the elite world uh, on a video a week or two ago saying that the U.S. is obviously behind this explosion. And yeah, hard to disagree with that. Let me just grab a sip of coffee here. Mm -hmm. 
All right, thank you. I laughed out loud when I saw this one. Paper shortage affecting corruption investigators. Top official. Moldova's prosecutors are severely under-resourced, the head of a state agency says. Moldova's under-equipped and understaffed anti-corruption prosecutor's office is struggling to find documents because it doesn't have enough printing paper, its head, Veronica Dragalin, Dragalin has said. Quote, we need a lot of paper this month to send cases to court. This is a real problem. We simply can't send a case with 40 volumes because the paper has run out. Like, you're so corrupt that you're running out of paper in Moldova. Okay. That's hilarious. Another quote. If we want results, we need necessary tools. We need officers capable of wiretapping and surveillance. <sighs> yeah, yeah, everybody's being monitored. Yep. Okay, uh, on to the next story from the Jerusalem Post. Is Israel elections are between corruption or the future for our children, says Lapid. Quote, today the elections begin. We have under two weeks to decide where Israel is headed, Lapid said in a Yesh Atid faction meeting. He says that politics that are corrupt, violent, and irresponsible versus choosing the future of our children. Wow, so either left hand or right hand, right? Haha. <laughs> um, so I wonder, like, what political party does he align with? Um, his vision for the future is called law and order. How original. Um, yeah, well, doesn't sound too appealing. But just giving you an update on what's going on in Israel. And this next article keeps us still current with what's going on in Israel. Netanyahu is to be acquitted, Smotrich said in a press conference. Netanyahu will be acquitted from accusations of bribery, fraud, and breach of trust, M.K. Bezalal Smotrich said in a press conference on Tuesday. He is the former prime minister and, oppos and current opposition leader. Benjamin Netanyahu will be acquitted from accusations of bribery, fraud, and breach of trust for which he is currently standing trial religious Zionism party leader, M.K. Bezalel, Smotrich, Smotrich said in a press conference on Tuesday. Wow. Well, that's kind of what we figured. We've been keeping tabs on this article for uh, this, this idea, this concept, this prospect of a leader of, of Israel actually getting in trouble legally for things that he's been involved with. But Obviously, it's is being acquitted, so it's not uh, nothing's to come of it. And we kind of even speculated that he, you know, uh, he just shifted from the leader to the opposition, and they're probably just keeping his seat warm. And he's probably going to go back to leader. But on to the next one. Elon Musk discovers Ukrainian kill list. The U.S. billionaire said it is concerning that the database of public enemies exists. Look at his face. That is probably not the expression he was when he saw that article, but that's a great meme. And okay, here we have an art. Uh, so this from Eva Kate Karen Bartlett, who is one of my favorite journalists, but unfortunately she's blacklisted in Canada because she is an on, uh, she's a boots on the ground reporter in Syria, in West Bank, in Russia, 
and she is an enemy of those states that are trying to push certain information. And we have her publishing that Elon Musk is on that list and Elon Musk on Twitter asking, is this list real? And I'm, we've brought this up already before on this channel. And yes, it is real. And yes, there are uh, Ukrainian extremists that have just kill lists. And for example, uh, the, uh, we see that uh, Roger Waters is on it and other peacemakers are also on it. So pretty much anybody that disagrees with the Ukrainian government is on there. The personal, uh, as we see here, human rights activists discovered that the website features the personal details of 327 children. Wow. Prompting the Russian authorities to share their concerns over the huge injustice. Right. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty disturbing. And when you put a you when you support Ukraine and you support any movement, anything at all with any narrative that's that's just being pushed, you got to ask, what are you really supporting? And of course, I know that's that that comment is not really for the people that are watching this video, but maybe you can send a ripple effect, have a ripple effect and send that thought to somebody else that you know, because what if they find out, you know, they have a Ukrainian flag as their social media profile, similar to having a black space, uh, black screen as your profile when it was the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, ask what are you actually supporting? Next up, we have Mel Gibson can testify at the Harvey Weinstein trial. The judge says, hmm, he can, Mel Gibson can testify about what he learned from one of the Harvey Weinstein accusers. Wow. Uh, he is 66 years old um, and he is one of the, uh, and he is one of the witnesses. Well, this is interesting. I do really wonder because we know that uh, Mel Gibson has been accused of being racist and anti-Semitic. Um, he has spoken out against the deep state and the awful stuff that's going on in Hollywood. So that could be part of why he has been singled out and basically blacklisted. But uh, Weinstein is currently serving a 23-year sentence for a 2020 conviction for rape and sexual assault in New York. Wow. So crazy. Okay, there's a lot. Well, he, you know, he's probably just, he, obviously Weinstein did a lot of terrible things, and we know that Hollywood is a cesspool of depravity and perversion. Um, but, like, how high up is he really? Uh, was he a kingpin or was he a fall guy? We wonder. On to another one. Uh, this is no jail time for Cuba Gooding Jr. in forcible touching case. Cuba Gooding Jr., uh, 54 years old, receives no additional penalties or criminal record. Warning, this article contains details of sexual misconduct. Uh, he, uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. resolved his New York City forcible touching case Thursday with a guilty plea to a lesser charge and no jail time after complying with the terms of a conditional plea agreement reached in April. Uh, this subheadline here, profusion of Hollywood wrongdoing accusations. He arrested in 2019. Gooding was among a profusion of Hollywood heavyweights accused of wrongdoing in the Me Too movement. Interesting. So Kevin Spacey also was, and Anthony Rapp as well. And then we have Harvey Weinstein mentioned. Then we have that 70s show, Danny Masterson. Masterson are in the midst of separate rape trials. Yikes. Uh, just yikes. Now, this is the parallel between all of the stuff that was in the QAnon conspiracy of certain people being arrested 
That is interesting, to be honest. Because maybe the 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 psyop of QAnon is basically trying to flush people out and bring certain things to light while being like a, a layered truth operation where it's not completely factual, but it's it's pushing a lot of putting a lot of pressure on people, bringing a lot of things up. And it's interesting that the Me Too movement, we know that uh, based on what Maria Farmer has said in a uh, in an interview on this channel, which you, you should definitely look at if you haven't already, uh, she explains that the Me Too movement was kind of bogus and wasn't really for actual victims. But here we have people uh, that are in higher positions of power that have actually been held accountable through various court trials and sentencing. So, yeah, interesting. Good. I hope these people that do terrible stuff get held accountable. And if you didn't do anything bad, then you should be cleared and, you know, able to live your life. Now, this is just us. Like, what is going on here? From RT News, German terror granny busted over Kaiser plot. A 75-year-old woman is suspected of leading a terror group seeking to stir up civil war and dismantle the modern German state. Seeking to stir up civil war and dismantle the modern German state. German police have arrested a 75-year-old woman who had allegedly plotted to stage a coup d'etat and restore the monarchist regime. Wow. They also sought to kidnap German health minister, possibly killing his bodyguards in the process. And of course, this is far right due to a strict that he is unpopular with the far right in Germany. But like, really, how much? Yeah, that's it's kind of funny, kind of sad. Just where are we at? Is that really the reason why? And is she actually a threat? Like that's, you know, that's that's pretty disturbing and concerning for a bunch of reasons. Speaking of disturbing and concerning, we continue our trek with these next two articles about people in power that are behaving poorly. CNN asks Biden about possible charges against the son. The U.S. president has defended Hunter Biden amid an FBI criminal probe, praising him for overcoming drug addiction. Here he is seen kissing his son. Nearly two years on from the bombshell scandal that sprung from Hunter Biden's abandoned laptop, CNN has confronted President Joe Biden about the possibility of criminal charges being filed, uh, being filed against his son. So they're not addressing the worse stuff that is on the laptop that I'm not going to mention right now. But they're still talking about a criminal probe based on other stuff that was uh, leaked, mostly about his drug use. So we'll see what happens there. But it's interesting that CNN actually brought it up because usually they would just, you know, we were told that it was fake and Russian disinformation, but it, it's real. The laptop's real. The content on there is real. It's just a matter of what gets disclosed to the public. Next up. Okay, I'm making good time here. Thank you so much for being with me. I love doing these reports and I love sharing these ideas with you. And thank you for giving me this opportunity to you know, have a platform, have a voice. From CBC News, Headley's Jacob Hoggard is a risk to the public, Crown says at sentencing hearing. Crown has said it will seek a sentence of six to seven years for Singer found guilty of sexual assault. Um, 
He is a Canadian musician. Jacob Hoggart he is a risk to the public, the prosecution said Friday at a sentencing hearing, where he was found guilty earlier this year of sexually assaulting an Ottawa woman. While the defense pointed to a psychiatric report that said he was a low risk to reoffend. Well, yeah, just another one about these people in positions of power that are abusive and got to be held accountable. I personally have really cared much for Headley. This doesn't do much to me, but I've been here. I we've always we've been hearing things about his behavior for years now, so it's just a matter of time, I suppose, until he is really uh, like behind bars. And again, it goes back to the everything about what uh, the, the QAnon stuff about these corrupt people that are participating in very bad stuff are being held accountable. It actually seems like a lot of this is happening right now. It's kind of exciting. But I also am not getting my hopes up that everything is going to change, but it's at least the light is seems to be beating the dark. Okay, now to the next one. Yeah, we've got a couple from the New York Post, and this is all about American corruption. How Kathy Hochul is bribing her way to election with nearly $1 billion of your money. Governor Hochul gave herself nearly a $1 billion for a slush fund in the summer's state budget, with no restrictions on what projects or groups she could spend the money on. It allowed her to hand out cash with no review by the legislature. Critics claim she has used the enormous amount of taxpayers' cash in an unethical bid to buy votes or control political groups in the forthcoming election against Republican Lee Zeldin. The governor and her Democratic allies in the legislature added that the $920 million worth of outlays to the $220 billion fiscal plan in an 11th-hour move in April that government watchdogs warn is wide open to abuse. Quote from uh, the senior policy advisor Rachel Faust, of reinvent albany said these slush funds are totally unaccountable it's not how public dollars should be doled out yeah i bet and here we even have a nice infographic from citizens budget commission about her one billion dollar bribe you know it's at least good that this stuff is coming out and uh we're we're seeing we're, we're seeing their corruptions being exposed and it's good next up we have California Sheriff's deputies ran an illegal snitching program for nine years, says the Department of Justice. California Sheriff's deputies used jailhouse snitches to illegally obtain evidence for nine years, according to federal prosecutors, and their actions could throw hundreds of convictions into jeopardy. A bombshell report by the U.S. Department of Justice claimed the Orange County Sheriff's Department illegally operated a hush-hush custodial informant program from 2007 to 2016. The report claims deputies in Orange County, quote, systematically violated the rights of defendants in the way they used informants to obtain evidence to use at trial. This included putting informants and defendants together in isolation for long periods and placing informants and defendants in cells connected by plumbing pipes or air vents through which they felt more comfortable talking. In return, informants enjoyed special treatment, such as increased access to a television room and use of phones. Yeah, well, the corruption runs deep. And <laughs> here we have a quote saying, it can't just be a free-for-all, and inmates still have protections even while they're sitting in custody. Wow, so they're really pushing to uh, 
yeah, get uh, get those snitches. Get that information on people. Crazy. Next we have, and the final in the, the American corruption. And then after this, we're going to round out the, the segments with some Russia, with Turkey, with some new weapons, with China, and with Kanye West. Ex-Yale employee gets nine years in prison after admitting to stealing $40 million from university. A former Yale University School of Medicine employee was sentenced to more than nine years in prison after she admitted to the theft of $40 million in computer and electronic hardware from the university. Jamie Petrone, 42, was sentenced on Thursday. Her sentence will be followed by three years of supervised release. Patron pleaded guilty to one count of filing a false tax return and one count of wire fraud on March 28th. Through her job at Yale University, she made and authorized purchases for her department that were priced below $10,000. She began stealing from the university in 2013 when she ordered or caused other people to order electronics from university vendors that were worth millions of dollars. Orders below $10,000 don't require additional approval, according to the DOJ. So apparently she cost a total of $40 million to Yale. Wild. Oh, now let's look at some details of this. Um, so Patron failed to pay taxes on the money she received from 2013 to 2016, and she falsely claimed business expenses, causing a loss of $6 million to the U.S. Treasury, according to the DOJ. The DOJ also stated that she would ship the electronics to an out-of-state business in exchange for money. That out-of-state company, according to the DOJ, is a massive entertainment LLC where Patron is a principal. Patron agreed to forfeit some of her assets, including multiple cars, in addition to $560,000 from massive entertainment. Wow. So here we have is something that we've talked about a lot on this channel about front companies and LLCs basically... Um, like third-party subsidiary companies. So she shipped the electronics to an out-of-state business in exchange for money. And she was the president, or sorry, she was, the, where she was a principal of that LLC that received the money, sorry, that received the electronics that gave her money. So she was giving herself money through this money laundering uh, tech program that she was doing through Yale. Now, we got to ask who else was involved. What other things uh, how, are do these elite universities launder? What other kind of operations are they doing? How What happened with Harvard, with Jeffrey Epstein, with uh, that whole situation like that's Yeah, just keep in mind, there's a lot of parallels to these. Next story is Russia and Ukraine swap prisoners, including 108 Ukrainian women. The 108, remember that number, it comes up a lot in this. Of one, 108 uh, has very significant esoteric uh, meanings. And then my own personal translation of 108 is actually the word ion. Whenever I see a 108, I interpret it to mean ion. Uh, I know it's a little weird, but 108 is I-O-N. And 108 could be a secret with uh, cracking this matrix code. And I think uh, ion is a secret to that. And ion means plasma. So just keep that in mind if you want to. If you don't, that's all right. But just seeing this number, 108. Even when the actual number is 110 Russians freed include 72 seamen from commercial vessels held since February, while 108 Ukrainian female prisoners of war are released. 
I was just looking at this picture here because it looks like there's something going on, whether that's snow or dust blowing at the top. And the, one of the articles that I brought up maybe about three weeks ago had this like black ring around it that looked like a smoke ring, but also looked like those UFO rings. So I am trying to be attentive when I see the images used in these mainstream news articles because they are disclosing information deeper than what the surface level article information is telling us. Next up, we have Turkey's parliament adopts a media law, jailing those spreading disinformation. From Reuters, Turkey's parliament on Thursday adopted a law proposed by President Tayyip Erdogan that would jail journalists and social media users for up to three years for spreading disinformation, despite deep concerns over free speech. Uh, yeah, they are called to scrap it by uh, activists for media rights, but Turkey went ahead and did this, and Turkey is a very interesting player on the geopolitical stage. They are a wild card. Uh, going back to the Ottoman Empire, the Turkish deep state is very powerful. They have their hands in the in the European Union, but they're also uh, they've got their hands in with negotiating peace stuff relating to Iran, Syria, Russia, China. They're very important, actually, as a as a power. And Erdogan himself, well, he's he is essentially a dictator. Um, and he, yeah, that's yeah. So not surprised by this law. But okay, here we have next story. These next two are well, the these next four are about global conflict and war and weapons. The U.S. Navy tests capabilities of USVs at Virginia Beach. The USVs tested came in different sizes, from 5 to 36 feet, 1.5 to 11 meters. What is a USV? A USV is an unmanned surface vessel. An unmanned surface vessel, says the Office of Naval Research. Among the among attendees of the demonstration were stakeholders from the U.S. Fleet Forces Command, the Unmanned Task Force, and the Navy Special Warfare Command. The Joint Prototyping and Experimentation and Maritime Team captured data from the USVs by conducting assessment of the vessels. The data studied included their range, speed, endurance, technology, and payload capacity. So still didn't really give much details into what the USV stands for, but they are using USVs to stop illicit drug trafficking and illegal movement over, overall. Look at how vague it is. An unmanned surface vehicle. Is it an unmanned aerial vehicle, a UAV, a separate term? Is it a UAP, an unidentified aerial phenomena? Just notice how they use the same similar acronyms. Next up, we have Xi Jinping is firmly in charge as rivals fall in China anti-graft campaign. The Chinese president heads into five-yearly party congress after a string of senior politicians convicted over corruption. Name after name, senior politician after senior politician, courts in China have handed down a series of high-profile corruption-related convictions in recent weeks in a final push against corruption and political disloyalty by Chinese President Xi Jinping ahead of the party's once every five years Congress. So we've reported previously before that uh, there was controversy within the CCP and the idea that uh, Xi is actually 
representing his own faction against the deep state of the globalists that are controlling the CCP. But Xi Jinping has actually allied with Putin of Russia and the BRICS countries to try to basically purge their own systems from corruption. Obviously, I'm not in China, and they've been handling the pandemic in very extreme ways, so hard to say what they're doing is for the greater good and if they're actually working for the, the people. But very interesting that this uh, corruption purge is going on. Also, Saudi Arabia had a corruption purge a couple of years ago where hundreds of, of, uh, of uh, officials in the government were forced to resign or were simply jailed. Let's just look at this example here. Uh, Sun Li Jun, a former vice minister for public security, was given a suspended death sentence after he pleaded guilty to accepting bribes, using his political power in exchange for personal favors, and illegally possessing firearms, among other charges. In China, provisional death sentences can be commuted to a life term depending on the convict's behavior in the first two years after the verdict. So, yeah, that is very... We'll see what uh, they say. Nothing but good. Some Chinese citizens told Al Jazeera they supported Xi's crackdown on corruption. Of course, you can be very selective with who you get to be a, a witness or um, provide testimony for any narrative. So we'll we'll really see what happens. And, uh, you know, it would be nice if they just stopped clamping down on their zero CV policies, because that's brutal. Uh, next up, Ukrainian MPs are expected to visit Taipei, says Taiwanese lawmaker. Now, what is Ukraine doing going to Taiwan? What? Why? Why are they doing that? A Ukrainian parliamentary delegation will visit Taiwan at the end of October, a member of the self-governed island's ruling Democratic Progressive Party. Uh, yeah, that's going to mess things up. But as I mentioned in kind of the uh, attempt to uh, create some lucidity with our program, uh, the the dynamic between Israel, China, and Ukraine, and Russia, and Turkey, all very interesting. But what, so clearly, Ukraine is, is a proxy. They're being used in this proxy war against Russia. So now they're getting Ukraine to also do their bidding to go to Taiwan. I would assume that because of all the... Um, all the pressure that they are mount that the Americans are mounting from visiting Taiwan, they've got to use other delegates. So they're like, "Hey, Ukraine, we got to send you to go do our bidding for you." And they're probably like, "Sure, as long as you keep on sending us weapons, then we'll do whatever you want." That's how it feels. That's how it seems. That's what the evidence seems to suggest. More than feelings. And uh, the this article here, our fourth last one that we're looking at today, Chinese advancements could put hypersonic weapons on aircraft carriers. The Chinese military believes hypersonic weapons will change the nature of the battlefield and is investing heavily to advance their capabilities. China's aircraft carriers will be able to use hypersonic weapons traditionally launched from aircraft thanks to advancements in logistics technology that simplify and speed up the repair and maintenance of the weapons, according to the People's Liberation Army. China's air-launched hypersonic missiles, the specifics of which were not disclosed by the research team, have similarities to Russia's Kinzhal missile, which can reach 10 times the speed of sound over a range of 1,000 kilometers, which is 621 miles. The Chinese military believes hypersonic weapons will change the nature of the battlefield and is investing heavily to advance their capabilities. 
yeah, that's terrifying. If Russia, uh, if China wants to really uh, control the world and they like really push to create weapons of like mass destruction, that's terrifying. But the hypersonic missile, the hypersonic weapons, you know, one idea that I just want to bring to the table here is the China secret space program and what technology they have actually been developing for decades. And I, yeah, uh, I'm sure that they have just as much technology as any other nation on earth. And they may have been doing catch up for the past few years or decades, but they are definitely at least like just a little bit behind, if not on par with the surface level technology and probably in the private sector compared to other nations across the world. Okay, here we have uh, from Jerusalem Post, who are Israel's top 50 Christian allies? The list spans many continents and denominations and includes prominent leaders such as Pastor Larry Huch of Dallas and Joni Lamb of Daystar. So this, I, I included this one because two or three Krakens ago, we looked at the Jerusalem Post list of the most influential Jewish people around the world. So here are Israel's top 50 Christian allies. You know, it's a balance, right? So this is in honor of Sukkot. The Israel Allies Foundation has published its annual list of the top 50 Christian allies. Former political leaders who supported Israel are also among the honorees, such as Canadian Prime Minister, former Canadian Prime Minister Stephen Harper, former U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, and former U.S. Ambassador to the U.N. Nikki Haley. You can visit the list on this link here. And it also includes lesser-known leaders such as Michael Evans Jr., President of the Friends of Zion Museum in Jerusalem. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, we just got to get our balance on those kind of situations. And kind of speaking of Israel and, and what's going on behind the scenes here, this has been quite a big update on what's going on in, in the uh, Israeli political scene. Malaysian media says Israel's Mossad are behind the kidnapped Palestinian. The New Straits Times reported that a Palestinian man was abducted in a snatch-and-grab operation in Kuala Lumpur. For those of you that don't know, the Mossad are Israel's intelligence agency. Mm-hmm. Well, he was a computer, a Palestinian computer programmer, and he was bundled into one of the two waiting cars by four men, men involved in the snatch and grab. Snatch and grab. Yikes. Well, that is, you know, this happens a lot. And it's just interesting. Anytime that we see just the Mossad mentioned in the news, I do find that interesting because they are kind of an entity, an organization that you're really not supposed to talk about. You can talk about the CIA, but you're not really supposed to talk about the Israeli intelligence because for obvious reasons of Epstein, Ghislaine Maxwell, Robert Maxwell, and all the, yeah. I won't get into it because it's a public episode. Kanye, the last, here we have the last article of today's report from the Jerusalem Post. Kanye West says that Jewish Zionists control the media and Jews own the black voice. West also said that Jewish people have owned the Black Voice and referred to Planned Parenthood as Black People's Holocaust Museum. That is going to get some backlash. Boy, howdy. He says that, quote, and we'll, I, I don't know how accurate the quote is compared to what he actually said because I haven't watched the interview. We're just reporting on what this outlet is telling us. He said, quote, it's Jewish Zionists that are about that life. 
that's telling this Christian woman that has four black children to put that out as a message in the media. He, according to Cassie Dillian on this tweet, Kanye doubling down and blaming Jewish Zionists for it being public that Kim had sex by a fireplace with Pete. Wow. That is... Yeah, well, he's going right at it. He is going for the jugular of what he perceives as things, uh, people controlling the scene, uh, controlling the strings behind the scene. The full quote here that he says is, huh, it just disappeared. Where are we? That was weird timing. Okay, here we go. Jewish people have owned the black voice, whether it's through us wearing the Ralph Lauren shirt, or it's all of us being signed to a record label, or having a Jewish manager, or being signed to a Jewish basketball team, or doing a movie on a Jewish platform like Disney. And I mean, I, I personally don't like that he is using this and uh, specifically calling out people uh, that are Jewish, because I think that is uh, misguided. Uh, in my own personal take, it's, it's calling out, well, it's actually bringing up Zionism, which is an actual political movement, an actual organization. You do not have to be Jewish to be Zionist. It has nothing to do with your belief of Judaism. So I we need to distinguish those. And this whole uh, thing that he's going on here isn't accurate. If anything, you got to talk about the Khazarian Mafia, which Max Egan talks uh, a lot about. But yeah, this is just kind of keeping up. This is not really going to go well. And I am not really a fan of how it's at least, I will have to listen to his actual interview, but at least how this is being presented definitely does not look good. But, you know, that's, it's, it's being brought to the forefront. So we'll see, because it is a very messy rabbit hole to go down about um, the Black Lives Matter movement and Planned Parenthood and things like that. So seems like Kanye is trying to actually like break fr free from the the shackles that he's been under with uh you know him being a controlled uh individual but that let's see where are we here come on oh there we go I'm gonna stop my share screen okay well I believe I did this in under an hour if you're still with me thank you so much for being here this was October 18th 2022 and I hope you enjoyed this, this journey. Uh, see you all very soon. Have a great day. Bye-bye.